Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. It is an absolute honour to be kicking off this series called Jesus Is. And next week we celebrate 29 years as a church. And, you know, every Sunday of those 29 years has been about Jesus. Every connect group over 29 years has been about Jesus. Every series, every message has been about Jesus. Everything we do is to point people towards Jesus. And I believe tonight will be no different. That just like Pastor Paul said, there will be a shift on the inside of some people. And when we get a revelation of who Jesus is, when we realise that who is at the front and centre of our life, it can shift everything. Newsflash, Jesus is bigger than covid Jesus is bigger than an election. Jesus is bigger than it all. And if we can lock our eyes on Him and keep saying yes to Him, our future is bright. Amen. Amanda and I have been uh, married for 21 years, 22 years in December. We've been dating for 23 years. We've known each other for 25 years. And uh, it's been an incredible journey. But when we first started dating, about a couple of months into our dating journey, I had to go away for two and a half weeks for work. And the night before I went away, Amanda handed me this envelope and said to me, in the envelope is something special for you. And I want you to open the envelope the first night in the first place that you're in. And then there'll be instructions after that. So I'm not one who's blessed with the gift of patience. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's not a gift, it's a development, by the way, which is terrible. But anyway, uh, I, was, I was the first morning I, I opened the envelope and inside the envelope is 16 little envelopes, one for every day that I'm away. Yeah, most guys, uh, ladies, can I give you a heads up? Most guys, words of affirmation, that's their language, love language, that's it. Just tell them they're great and they'll be good to go for hours. So I open up the envelope and the first one was a love letter. You want to know what it said? None ya, none your business. So I read the so I read the first letter and every day there's another envelope that was either a word of encouragement or or something that she enjoyed about us as a couple or something that she wanted to see in the future or something. And I found myself, the more envelopes I opened, the more I anticipated next day's envelope. And I would go to bed at night. I've got to be honest with you, I've never told her this, but I I may have opened the envelope the night before some days because I couldn't sleep. So I thought I'll just open an envelope. Do you know that when it comes to Jesus, the more we get to know Him, the more we want to engage with Him, the more we want to discover about Him, the more we discover about Him, the hungrier we get for Him because He is... You'll never reach the limit of who Jesus is. And our prayer is that in this series, we create this hunger that goes on well beyond four weeks, but we become lifelong students of who Jesus is, that we have this hunger of God. I wanna discover who Jesus is. See, we'll never exhaust who He is. There's some that have walked in tonight and and maybe you're feeling exhausted. Maybe this season of lockdown and not lockdown and you've, you've, uh, you, you have homeschooled kids for far too long. My kids are on school holidays again. Like seriously, if we're gonna cancel anything this year, cancel school holidays. <laughs> and maybe you walked in, you feel exhausted. I've got to tell you, Jesus is not exhausted. He's full of life and vibrancy for you. Maybe 
Maybe you're in the middle of a season. Remember our Melbourne family who are in six or seven weeks into a lockdown and, and they're feeling like a season is going on much longer than it should go in, on. When you're in that type of season, I've got to tell you, Jesus is the one to bring hope. Jesus is our true north. Jesus is the one to make us feel like we can get it. And you know this book, of the, this Bible, Every book is about Jesus. Every chapter is about Jesus. Every verse is about Jesus. Why does Pastor Paul get up here and encourage us not just to have a relationship with God that is an hour and a bit on a Sunday, but get your own time in this Word and dig deep wells into this Word? You know why? Because when you dig into the Word, you dig into Jesus and who He is and who He wants to be in your life. You know, every book is about Jesus. Let me give you a few of what the books say about Jesus. In Genesis, He is the breath of life. In Numbers, He is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Ruth, He is our Redeemer. In Nehemiah, He is the rebuilder of everything broken. And I wonder tonight how many people you came in with an area of your world that feels broken. I gotta tell you, Jesus is the builder of everything broken. He is our advocate in Esther, in Psalms. He's our shepherd in Proverbs. He's our wisdom in Ecclesiastes. He's our meeting for life. In Daniel, He is the fourth man in the fire. Can I tell you another in the fire is more than a Hillsong catchy song. Another in the fire is a reality when you find yourself in the fire of life. Maybe financially, it's a little bit hot at the moment. Maybe relationally, it feels like a fire and I'm just trying to get through. You are not the only one in the fire. Jesus is the fourth man in the fire. In Joel, he's the outpour of the Holy Spirit. In Nahum, he is our stronghold. In Haggai, he is the restorer. In Mark, he is the miracle worker. In John, he is the way, the truth and the life. In, in Corinthians, he is our comfort tonight. If you need comfort, Jesus is. Doesn't give, Jesus is comfort. In Colossians, he is the glue that holds our world together. Church, we need to be a group of people who don't look to a vaccine, who don't look to a politician, but we look to Jesus, who is the one that holds our world together. In Titus, He is our blessed hope. In James, He is the power behind our faith. Friend, we haven't got a faith that is a list of rules and a, and a, de and a, and a full tomb. We have a faith that is a living person. His name is Jesus and His tomb is empty. He is the power behind our faith. In Peter, he is our shepherd and our chief cornerstone. In Jude, he is our security. You need some security? Jesus is security. And in Revelation, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I love it when Jesus called his disciples. You can read it in Matthew chapter four. And the Bible tells the story as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers called Peter and Andrew and they were casting their nets on the lake because they were fishermen. And Jesus said to him, come follow me and I will make you fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father, funnily enough, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left their boat, they left their father, and they followed him. Church, I wanna 
remind us tonight that just like Jesus called the apostles 2,000 years ago, tonight Jesus is calling you and I to live a life where we follow Him. Not, not to walk a walk of, of, of laws and just to ascribe to some uh, arbitrary bunch of rules and regulations, but to get to know the person of Jesus, to become like the person of Jesus, to allow Him to infiltrate every area of our life. When we know the person who is at the centre of everything, it changes everything. One of the greatest things and one of the greatest honours that I get to be involved in is that when someone's eyes open to who Jesus is in their life, when they walk in and they feel like there's no hope, when they walk in and they feel like that they've reached the end of themselves and all of a sudden they see that Jesus is my answer, it changes everything. And tonight I get the opportunity to talk to us about the fact that Jesus is our constant redeemer. Redemption isn't a word that we, you won't hear it down Queen Street a whole lot, but redemption is a real thing. Jesus is our redeemer. To redeem is to buy back, to compensate for lack or to close the gap. And I know tonight that at the end of this service, Jesus is gonna buy some people back. The redemption work of God will buy people back from a relationship that is broken with their creator into a relationship that is alive and vibrant with their heavenly father. There is gonna be people and you're gonna feel this sense like I walked in disconnected from God. I've walked out connected with God, not signed up for rules, not signed up for a church service, but signed up for a relationship that will change your life. And then there's others of us. We're gonna feel like that Jesus is our constant redeemer will close the gap. You know, the enemy will find a way into our lives wherever he can. And it's like a wedge that goes in and the harder he drives in, the bigger that gap gets. You ever experienced that? Maybe, maybe you've, you've got a fear that something will happen. Maybe your thoughts run out of control and you give the enemy just a little foothold and he starts to get in there and he starts to talk. And what was this little challenge kind of opens up to this big gap of, man, I used to have my thoughts under control, but the gap between my thoughts under control and now my thoughts running wild is a massive gap. Can I tell you, Jesus, our constant redeemer, can get in there and close the gap. He can take what the ground that the enemy has opened up and take it back because he is our redeemer. Last week, last month, um, I was screening through, scrolling through Facebook and I came across a post from Amanda's brother, actually, who is an amazing guy. Him and his family live in Melbourne and we've been praying for that family for a long time because they know God, but they haven't been living with God at the center of their world. And I jump on Facebook and see this post that Jason had written. And the post is about how towards the end of 2019, they had this God encounter. In his own words, he would say, if you asked me if I was a Christian, I would say yes, but Jesus was the furthest thing from my mind. And I've been living this self-centered life, but we've made a decision to put him first. And I wanna read you the end of the post because this is what redemption looks like. But the reality is God accepts all where they're at. He created us 
all and knows exactly where you would be today and what you would be doing as you read this. Nothing surprises him. He always knew it. He always, always, always has his hand out ready to pick us up if we ask. I'll say it again. Over the last 20 years, I've done some really stupid things that I'm embarrassed about, things I'm not proud of and some things I've even convinced some of you to join me in doing. But when I reached out to God, He accepted me as I was and He will accept you too because He accepts all people just as they are. I'm on a journey and I'm on a process and it's fair to say I've got a long way to go. But if I can ask and plead anything, give Jesus a go yourself because He will never let you down. Do you know the difference between religion and a relationship with Jesus is His constant redemption. He meets us wherever we're at and journeys with us from that point. He doesn't say you fix yourself and then I'll accept you. He doesn't say clean yourself up. He says, I'll meet you where you're at. And I'll close the gap. I'll walk with you into the future I have for you. I wanna give you my big idea tonight. Here's my my whole message in one sentence. If you write anything down, write this down. It says this, redemption is both an eternal moment and a daily process. There are hundreds of us in this room who have had a moment where we realise that the only person who can close the gap between where I am and a relationship with my Creator is Jesus. And that moment is with me for eternity. That secures a relationship with God that goes on forever. It's an eternal moment. But friend, I want you to hear this tonight. Constant redemption is not just about a moment where my eternity is secure. It's about a daily process where Jesus meets me where I'm at, where I say yes to who He is and together we walk forward into the plan that God has for me. Redemption is both an eternal moment and a daily process. You know, one of the greatest pictures of redemption in the Bible is the prodigal son. I love the story of the prodigal son. For those of you who maybe are new to church who haven't heard that story before, let me catch you up. There's a story in the Bible about a father who has two sons and one of his sons comes to him one day and says, Dad, I want all my inheritance. Give me what is due to me and I'm gonna go and live my own life. Give me what I would get when you divide your, your wealth up. I want it now and I wanna go out and live my own, my own life. And the Bible says that this son went from Jerusalem to Jericho. I was talking to a friend of mine after the service this morning and he said that when he traveled around that area, that Jericho was this strange place that just felt cold and harsh. And in Bible times, Jerusalem was blessed and Jericho was not. And this son went down to Jericho. He spent all of his inheritance on, the Bible says, partying and wild living, living his own life. He finds himself at one point in his story, he finds himself broke, not just financially broke, but internally broke. You ever felt that feeling? Where on the inside, you know something's not right. He goes and gets a job with a pig farmer. And if you know anything about Jewish culture, the last place you wanna have a job is on a pig farm. Finds himself in the pig pen, so hungry that he's looking at the pig slop thinking, 
Man, even that looks appetizing at the moment. The Bible says he comes to himself and says, I'm gonna go home and ask my dad. I know I've broken relationship to the point where I'm not worthy to be his son, but maybe I could go home and be a hired servant. We're gonna break into the story. In Luke 15, 20, it says, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. Friend, listen to me tonight. God looks at you in whatever state you're at, in whatever circumstance in life, and he is filled with love and compassion. The Bible says that the father ran to his son and embraced him, kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both you and heaven and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe from the house and cover him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the fatted calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead. Now he has returned to life. He has lost, but now he has found. Let the party begin. I used to read that story and think, man, that's, that's nice. If, if my, my son ran away, God forbid, if my son ran away, when he came home, I'd run to meet him as well. And I was studying this week and there is a ceremony in the culture of the day called Kazaza. It's literally called a shame ceremony where the elders would sit at the gate and they would have clay pots. Those clay pots they'd call earthen vessels because they represent us and the life that we carry. And if they saw someone who had left the community in shame or turned their back on the community or broken trust and they saw them coming and trying to get back into the city, they would walk up and meet them, the elders, and take these pots and smash them on the ground. And that represented the fact that the individual had broken trust to such a point that they're not well welcome in the city anymore. Go away in shame. You're not welcome in this place anymore. And the father sees the son on the horizon. Go back to that. And he thinks, I'm gonna run and meet my son because I've got to get to him with grace before they get to him with law. I've got to get to him with love before they get to him with judgment. And redemption is when you find yourself in the pig pen, run to your father. Don't run away because he's trying trying to stop the judgment. Jesus is our constant redeemer. And when he got to his son, he fell on him and he kissed him and he accepted him. And it's a picture of repentance and covering the gap. And tonight I wanna talk to you about the three things that the father did because it depicts Jesus, our constant redeemer. Number one, he said, cover him with a robe. Jesus answers the accusation of my past. My Bible doesn't say that the father said, clean him up and then put a robe on him. The father doesn't say, wash him down and get the evidence of his past off him and then put a robe on him. The father says, put a robe on him, cover 
Him up. Do you know that as we walk out the stuff of life, God covers us up. Why did the Father cover the Son up? Because then when they walked towards the elders, the elders wouldn't see the filth of the past and the dirt of where He'd been and the challenges that He's been through. The Father covered the evidence of where He'd been so that He'd walk right back in and be accepted in the community that He left. Bring a robe and cover him because Jesus answers the accusation of our past. You know, the act of putting a robe on someone gives us the space to work through the process of what we need to work through. It's a symbol of I'm cleaned in my present while I work through the challenges that I've created in my past. And there are some people in church tonight and you're gonna feel the covering of your father. Amanda and I, a few years ago, were camping, probably one of the first and only times I've ever camped in my life. And we were sitting at a campsite. It was late at night. There was a fire going on. We were there with some friends and we all had young kids. And I wanna make this really clear. My friend's young child, not my young child, my friend's young child asked if they could go down the river and swim. It was dusk. My friend said, no, it's too dangerous to go down the river and swim, but you can go to the playground over in the park and you can play over there. About 20 minutes later, we were sitting around the fire and I hear this, Dad, I need your help. Dad, I need your help. My friend got up and walked over to the field where it was dark, couldn't see what was going on. About two minutes later, he walked back across to his tent and he had a towel in his hand and he walked back to the field and then he walked back again with his little son covered in a towel and about 15 minutes later, he came out and he said, yeah, he didn't want you all to know that he disobeyed and he went down to the river, he fell over. It could have been really bad, but all he did was get muddy. So I cleaned him up and we will deal with it later. I've never forgotten it because... I think as Christians, sometimes when we find ourselves where we've got ourselves muddy and dirty, we tend to think that we need to run from God and hide from Him and clean myself up. And when I clean myself up, I can come back to God when all we need to do is say, Dad, I need your help. And if you do that, if I do that, we'll find a God that comes to us with the best robe to cover us because He doesn't wanna expose our our past. He doesn't wanna show the filth and dirt that we've come from. He wants to cover us as He works with us to clean us up. You know what Jesus is? Our constant redemption does. He gives us a robe to answer the accusations of our past. Number two, the dad says, put sandals on his feet. Jesus reinstates our identity. If you remember in the book of Luke that I was talking about, the son found himself in a pig pen. I wanna read you what happened. It said, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, as long at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare and here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, father, I've sinned against both you and heaven. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as your hired servant. The father didn't give the son new sandals because the new Air Force Ones were out and he needed some flash kicks. The father gave the son shoes because in those days only hired servants went 
in bare feet. Sons had shoes. And in the midst of his depravity, in the midst of his challenge, the son changed his identity from son to servant and said, I'm going to go home and I'm just be a servant because I'm not worthy to be called your son. I can't tell you how many times in church life I've heard the statement, I'm not worthy to be a child of God. But just like the father put shoes on those dirty feet and said, you're not a servant, you're my son. I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know the story and the journey of your life, but that doesn't change the way I see you. I don't see you as servant. I see you as son. I see you as daughter. And tonight, some people are gonna feel shoes come on your feet and you're gonna feel the sense of my true identity is not a servant. My true identity is not in what I've been and where I've been and what I've been doing. My true identity is in who my Father has made me to be, in who God has made me to be. I am a child of the Most High God. The Father's saying, I still love you. I've still got a place for you. I know you've messed up. And the results of that are evident on you. But I'm gonna cover you and put you in your rightful place as we outwork and outwalk the gift of redemption in you. Jesus is our true identity. And then the third thing that he did was he put a ring on his finger. Father said, get a ring. Place it on his finger. And I'm gonna take a couple of moments on this tonight because I've got a sense there are people in church and you view your future very differently than God views your future that you've disqualified yourself in doing anything for God because you know where you've been and what you've done. In Bible days, the ring wasn't just a cool accessory. The ring represented whose authority you were doing life under. It's highly likely that the father actually took the ring off his own finger and placed it on his son. And what he was saying to the son was, your future is not done, but your future is in who and the authority I give to you. Do you know that when Jesus is our constant redeemer, when He redeems us, He redeems all of us. He doesn't just redeem part, He redeems all of us. And the Bible says that when God made you, He put gifts inside of you that you can't lose. And then when we encounter Jesus as Redeemer, regardless of where we've been and regardless of what we've done, He wants to activate those gifts again and put you on purpose with a kingdom call and a kingdom destiny to live a life of fulfilment. Just because you've made some mistakes doesn't mean you have to give up on the hope of a great future. Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. That's not just a scripture for someone who met Jesus. Jesus last week. That's a scripture for any person who finds themselves away from the plan and the purpose of God. He will say, let me put a ring on your finger, which is my seal of your greatest days are yet ahead of you. You can believe to have a great life from this moment. It's not too dark and it's not too late. Friend, God loves you. And 
God is for you. Because redemption is both an eternal moment and a daily process. And then the dad said this, kill the calf we've been fattening. I'm not a farmer. It's way too dirty and hard to work. I've got a brother-in-law who's a farmer. He loves it. And I go down, I love to visit farms. I don't know much about farms, but I do know this. A calf doesn't fatten up overnight. There's a process and intentionality to fattening a calf. And the dad says, go and kill the calf we've been fattening. You know what the father was saying? Well, you weren't thinking about me. I was thinking about you. Well, you were off living your own way. My eyes were on you. I was waiting for the day that you'd come back to me. Because religion says, I've stuffed up, I'm gonna run away from God. Relationship says, I've stuffed up, I'm gonna run to God. Because He is my constant Redeemer. And I believe and I, I know in my heart that some of us are gonna have a moment with God where we feel a robe placed over our shoulders to answer the accusation of our past where we feel shoes come on our feet that reestablishes our identity in Him, not what we've done in Him. And we're gonna feel a ring on our finger that says, I've got a plan and a purpose for your future. Just keep saying yes to me and you'll become everything I've called you to be. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.